Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and with me today are my Sage colleagues, Jennifer Baker and Amy Pierce. Jennifer has been with Sage for over 10 years and has been leading the Engagement and Your Voice Pulse Survey in North America with colleagues since 2019 and has implemented many programs that have led to colleague success in North America. She does everything with the colleagues in mind. She is responsible for leading our mission of leadership in action, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But Amy Pierce has been with Sage for 33 years. During that time, she has held many roles, including the head of service, project management, quality assurance, and global services operations. She is currently the vice president for North American Services, which consists of learning services, expert services, services operation, customer support, and customer experience. Welcome to the both of you to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thanks, Ed. Yes, thank you, Ed. Well, first, off to you, Jennifer. Tell me about uh, this initiative of leadership in action for North America. Thanks, Ed. I will, because I'm so excited to talk about it. You know, I think we are in a unique spot in that we have really committed leaders at SAGE um, who really want to be a part of the mission of really removing not only barriers, but also bringing that sense of belonging to our colleagues And leadership in action uh, for North America is really about that. And it's about our leaders really becoming what are the role models at SAGE to show our colleagues that they are listening. And it's really supporting that listening strategy that we have had in North America for the last three, four years, which has pretty much served us very well um, in, in lots of ways, but really for our colleagues to understand that the things that they say and the things that they tell us, we do listen. And although everything can't be implemented um, that a colleague might share, it is really important that the colleague understands that there is a group of people who are pretty committed to hearing their their story and bringing it to a place um, for better for our colleagues. And so our leaders and that leadership in action piece is really about that. It's about our leaders listening to our colleagues. Right now, we're in some roundtable discussions with colleagues. Um, That's just one example. There's many, um, including, you know, town halls and the one-on-ones and the things that our leaders are really doing to engage with their teams. Um, And that part, which is leadership in action, is just so important for our colleagues to understand that they are at an organization that listens um, and that does try at least with our best ability to act upon the things that they're telling us. Well, thanks. That's a great segue, Jennifer. Over to you, Amy, to ask you about what does leadership in action mean to you from a leader perspective and also why is it important to you? Well, it's interesting after hearing uh, Jennifer talk, um, you know, the role modeling is a huge piece for me. So um, a long time ago, I had a manager or a leader in the organization that said to me, every day, Amy, when you go to work, Pretend there is a film crew following you. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, play back your film. Are you proud of your actions? What could you do better? 
And what intention will you have for the next day? And for me, that that's always really that visual is already always really stuck with me as far as leader in action, because it's it's basically saying you do what you say you will do. You hold everyone as capable and able and you trust them from the future and you you constantly review back. What can I do to be better? And I think the key here is that leaders in action or leadership in action isn't always an executive or a director or a manager. It's every single person, every single day. How do you lead and how do you action upon your leadership to make sure that you're improving the organization as a whole? Um, the other thing that I would say is that, <clears throat> you know, I've had the opportunity to oversee project management departments, so I have a strong project management background. And for me, leadership in action is really that action part is very important. So not only do you have ideas, have thoughts, you listen to people, you get feedback, but you take action on it. And when you do that, you can set objectives, you can create roadmaps, and you can really execute on the improvements that colleagues or customers are telling you about. And Jennifer, Amy did a great job talking about how a leader can affect change. But what about engagement and also with not only their team, but perhaps the the broader teams that a leader might come into contact with? <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm always asked, I get pinged by leaders all the time. What are some ways that I can engage with my teams? And it's so interesting to me because I don't even think the leaders recognize, maybe some of them do. I've talked to a few lately that I recognize they absolutely do. But there's some who don't realize the power of that sense of belonging that their actions give to the teams that report to them and how really important that engagement is, whether it just be even sometimes a touch point. You know, engagement can be many things. It's communication, it's culture, it's celebration. It's also how do people recommend and how do they feel connected to the place they're working. So there's a lot of components to what engagement is. And those leaders, and to Amy's point, those models, those role models that are actioning this behavior to show their teams that they are the ones who are creating that sense of belonging. They are the ones who are listening and hopefully bringing the best place for their colleagues or the people who are under their teams to be working and to be thriving. Most importantly, I talk about that a lot, the ability to thrive the ability for a colleague to feel supported. And Ed, you and I have talked about well-being and those things that we've discussed before. That's all engagement. How does somebody feel when they wake up in the morning, they get up, they're you know, kind of deciding, is this going to be a great day or what, what are we looking at here? It's those leaders that really help guide how some of that feels. And again, <clears throat> in our survey, it came up quite a bit in North America about that sense of belonging. The leaders, although it's not their only job, and we know we put an awful lot on leaders, but it is really important that they help to instill that sense of belonging because when their teams feel it, everybody wins and everybody feels engaged because they have that connection point to the people they report to. And Amy, you're in a, a really large matrixed organization that really extends out where the endpoints are always uh, ultimately the customer and, and touches externally. So if, if you wouldn't mind, share with us why you think it's important for colleagues to listen to not only their experiences, but how they feel about customer experience as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, really, I look at our, our colleagues are the heart, heartbeat of the organization. So our frontline colleagues they know better than anyone else what customers are experiencing and where we need to improve. 
And they're typically the first people to see issues that might arise in the field or um, how to best help a customer and have that customer have the best possible customer experience. And so, you know, we it, it's so important that we listen to what our colleagues are saying and what they're experiencing with our customers, because ultimately, when we listen to the colleagues and what they see, we're helping those customers out and, and helping Sage to be a better company and a more customer-centric custom company long-term. Um, and so we, we, we started something this year, um, and it's kind of a play on the, you know, TSA, um, if you see something, say something, right? And we've been really um, asking our colleagues to bring forth things that they're seeing so that we can help improve. And, and our whole idea is that if, you, if, if we don't know about it, we can't fix it. And there, there's no better person than that frontline colleague to help us remove a barrier that either they have or that might be in place for a customer. Um, additionally, I want to really focus in on our partnership with the rest of the organization because we, we are downstream from everybody, right? Some product development, product marketing. Um, we get to help the customers through any new improvements, enhancements, or changes to our software as they go out. And so it's imperative that we not only are listening to our team, but we're also listening to what's happening in these other organizations and that we're, we're working diligently and partnering with the other organizations, product marketing, product management, development, QA, you name it, to ensure that every release that we go out into the field is what I like to call the technical term squeaky clean. So there's no defects that get released into the system because that's that's impactful to our customer. It's disruptive for our customer. So we want to make sure that they have the best possible product. And in turn, that helps our colleagues because they don't get this overloading or overwhelming amount of volume that comes through because something maybe doesn't work the way that we anticipated it would work when it was in, in Sage. Um, we did this this last year. One of the things we did is we, we actually partnered with our product management and development QA organization to do what we called um, bug hunts. And basically all of us got together and we just tried to break the software every which way we could. And we just pounded on the software. And because we did that, our contact volume or customers having to call us because of something, some reason in the software decreased by about 36%. So it was a huge win for our customers. It was a huge win for our colleagues because they got to participate. They got to, you know, um, experiment, experiment from a customer experience. And um, in the end, you know, it was a win-win for everybody. And so, again, that large matrix organization is not just touching our customers. It's touching every part of the organization at Sage. And lastly, uh, Jennifer, tell me a little bit about Project Energize and, and it's what it's meant for some of our colleagues. I will. I'm going to touch on it and then I'm going to let Amy kind of finish it out because I really want her perspective of it um, even more than mine, to be honest. But the reason we did it was because we know that there is a direct correlation between EMPS and MPS. If our colleagues are happy, we know our customers can be happy. We know that. And so Amy's org specifically touches so many of our colleagues, literally a quarter of our colleagues. I was getting some feedback at the time that that group was definitely 
wanting some change. And it wasn't dramatic change. And that's what's so important about engagement. Sometimes it can just be something very small that brings somebody to feeling a lot better about where they're at. And so I worked very closely with the leadership team, um, Amy's leadership team specifically, and we brought some pieces to the team that basically said, here are some, here are some activities, here's what we think could be impactful to the colleague experience, because in the end, that's really what we're trying to change, isn't it? That feeling, that sense of belonging, how does a colleague feel about SAGE? And so we did, but we can't do that without the support of leaders like Amy and her team. They took it to the next level. I simply brought what was the sentiment to them, and we ran um, really about 100 colleagues that were pretty blindly chosen to run into some roundtables with us that gave us even more feedback from what the survey was giving us. And so we knew what we were doing was right because it was all very much fresh information. But it really took the leaders to say, yep, we're going to do that. And we're going to invest the time. We're going to make some changes. And then we're going to communicate it back out. There have been some offshoots from that, actually, from a um, development perspective. And I'm going to let Amy talk about that. Because all of that, essentially, is what happens when you engage with your colleagues in the right way. And that's really what Project Energize was about. It was to energize if you will, the, the organization and take that EMPS and make that direct correlation to the NPS. So Amy, I'll leave it to you just to say kind of some of the successes and also, you know, that we've still got work to do and we know that. And I think that's always a critical point to never say just because we've called it something and we've brought it to the colleague and we've communicated something that we're done. We're not, we actually have more work to do. Amy, yeah. add some color to that. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Um, so first of all, I, I would say that, you know, we started out on this journey and, and Jennifer has been so helpful in getting us organized and making sure we had the resources that we need to take action upon um, and making sure that we were having those listening sessions with our colleagues so that, you know, getting the data in written form is great, but actually hearing the voice of people actually speaking the words about what we need to improve is even better. And so um, Project Energize to me is no longer a project, it's actually a program because it needs to span multiple years. It's not just a one and done. It's really, you've got to constantly be improving the system based on the feedback that you're getting. And so I, I would say that we've had a number of successes and some of them, like Jennifer was saying, are they were really small and minor as far as scope, but they were major in implications. And let me give you one. Um, an example would be that we used to call our, our meetings where all of the colleagues in North America would get together. We would call them all-in meetings. Well, the services folks couldn't attend those meetings. And so you got a quarter of the organization that can't attend an all-in meeting because we're customer facing and we can't shut down our business um, and not provide service to our customers. And so we have to man our telephone lines and be there for them. So again, really simple thing. We went back to leadership and said, okay, can we change the name of the all-in meetings? Can we call them town halls? It's, it, it's a, it's a, uh, an easy change, but it actually made a huge difference to our services folks to realize that, you know, hey, they can make an impact here. And the, the other thing, too, is that because we are customer facing, getting colleagues to these meetings was vital and it was important. And they were telling us that they were not feeling connected to SAGE overall. 
And um, so we worked really hard with our workforce scheduling department. We worked with our senior leaders to, to come up with different ways and, and to get more services colleague involvement. So one of the things that we did this year was in our fiscal year and uh, our year kickoff meeting for fiscal year 22, we actually had more than one meeting. So we had several meetings so that everybody could attend live, um, which was a huge benefit to the services folks so that they could hear it firsthand. Um, we're also you know, rotating people through. So one third of our organization attends every town hall meeting so that in a quarter, you will attend a town hall meeting more than likely, uh, depending on the schedule of them. But, but again, that was important because we're, we're um, asking those folks to attend the town halls and then report back to their teams. What are they hearing? What are they seeing? What's important as a SAGE organization? How are, how are we moving forward? What are our plans? Um, another big area that came out um, as part of Project Energize was really this focus on the career path for our colleagues and services. And we created a substream to the project called Grow It Sage. And really what Grow It Sage is about is listening to our colleagues, what are the skills, what are the training, what are the things they need to grow their career at Sage? And it may be that they want to grow their career within the services department, or it might be that they want to grow their career outside of the service department. We want to make sure that they have the time and the resources to be able to focus on themselves and their career growth. So, so we've done a lot of things based on um, Project Energize. And like I said, it's now Program Energize because it's going to take multiple years for us to really impact and make the changes that we want to make based on the feedback that we're getting. And we continue to see, receive feedback. So we have a, a colleague idea committee where we're getting you know, ideas from our, our, our um, frontline folks. There, we're able to take those ideas and actually put them into action. So it's, it's been quite a journey. And, and again, Jennifer's leadership has been really helpful to make sure that we're getting the right resources in the right place and that we're focusing on the right things. And I have an exit question that I ask all of the guests, even if they've been on multiple times. So, Jennifer, <laughs> you get to answer this a second time. And that is, who is a hero of yours and why are they a hero? Oh, dear. So if anybody remembered, I said it was my kids and I, I will stay with that. I'm going to stick with it. We've been talking a lot lately about flow and my kids provide me that um, even when they don't live with me anymore and they are off doing their own thing. For sure, it is It is my kids, I would say. Sorry. Next time, I'm going to come up with something else, though. I am. I just need more time to think about it. <laughs> All right. Amy, over to you. Who's a hero of yours and why? Um, I'm going to have to say my father. Um, my, my father grew up very, very poor. Um, in fact, when he was growing up, they didn't even have indoor plumbing for most of his life. Um, and so he had this tremendous drive of wanting to do better and 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 be better and provide a better life for his kids um, in the future. So he, he joined the service. He did a tour at Vietnam. Um, he spent 30 plus years in the army. Um, and, you know, during that time, I learned so much from him just in you know, how he presented himself, um, his, his um, focus on, you know, really being his best self. Um, he was a drill sergeant. So sometimes I get made fun of in my team, you know, oh yeah, that's your dad was a drill sergeant. <laughs> type thing. But, but, you know, he had a lot of discipline and a lot of leadership and, um, you know, really for me was someone I could really look up to, to say, I want to model after that person. Mm -hmm. All right. Jennifer Baker, Amy Pierce. 
My colleagues at Sage, thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thank you, Ed. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.